I'm Kate Rains Goldie, and this is Fearlessly Playful. On this week's episode, well, you may have noticed there haven't been any new episodes lately, and that's because I got stuck. And usually when I get stuck, it's a call for me to pay attention to something, to stop doing something, or to do something differently. And I know I didn't want to stop doing my podcast, so there was something I needed to investigate more deeply. Now, it took me a while to figure out that this was going on, and so that's why there haven't been any new episodes. And then when I realized that this was something I needed to do, I thought, well, this would be a really great episode of Fearlessly Playful. So I decided the best way to get unstuck and to create this interesting episode would be to talk to Bryn Edwards, who is my podcasting coach and friend and, of course, host of the WA Real podcast, which is all about helping people to discover themselves through real stories. So different format for this week, and maybe it will be a beginning of being me being a bit more playful with the format of this um, podcast. But uh, it's a conversation with me and Bryn about why I'm stuck and what I needed to do to get unstuck. And obviously a bit of a spoiler, I did get unstuck because there's an episode and you're hearing this now. Um, but I think the conversation, the journey was hugely instructive and hopefully useful to anyone who is also stuck in their life and, and work and uh, tips on how you can get unstuck. And also just kind of an interesting conversation about podcasts and playfulness in general. So now on with the show. So I'm here with Bryn Edwards today because I, if you probably noticed, have been not recording podcasts. I've been stuck. So the context for that is that I hit my head and stopped doing, so I got a bit of a concussion, and so I decided to stop doing, I, well, I couldn't actually really do anything for, for about two to three weeks. I just had to rest. And then I was going to resume my podcast, but then for some reason I didn't. And so the context with Bryn, Bryn Edwards from WA Real, is... I was on your podcast, and then that really helped me to figure out a bunch of things. And then you were my podcast coach. Mm-hmm. So I figured a good way to get unstuck would be to have a conversation with you, a bit of a un- different from the normal fearlessly playful format. But still a playful conversation, yes. nevertheless. Yes. So you're... you're- your concussion was a bit more serious than just a bump on the head, wasn't it? It was like two weeks in the dark. and Yeah, it was, um, well, it was, I, a dog had bitten back of my head when I was little and I hit my head in that exact spot. So right. I've never had a concussion before in my life, but, um, and this is, it, the, how I hit my head was pretty ridiculous. It wasn't, yeah. everybody thought it was me bouldering and doing some crazy ninja move, but it was actually, it just hit, hit my head. I bent down to pet my cat and I hit my head on a wrought iron sculpture that was above my head. Um, so not, not super crazy ninja. Funny, really, it? it is kind of funny. Um, and no. then just immediately started feeling really sick and had trouble talking and just all of the like typical concussion syndromes mm. and, um, symptoms and, my my mom and my dad and one of my good friends have all had concussions and are still suffering from them. So yeah. I took it really seriously that I needed to not have yep. it five years, ten years later, still having symptoms. Yep. So I'm totally healed now, but uh, the podcast, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I, have an, I have a sense of... So set the context. <laughs> right. Yeah. You came on my podcast, when was it? A year ago now. I nearly. think it would have been longer than that. Uh, yeah. No, it was just after I came back from longer. England. Okay. You, you were in the 50s. 
Um, Number 50 podcast. You were in the 50s yeah. somewhere. Uh, I meant to look on the way over. I, I didn't. I concentrated on the traffic. Um, and then, yeah, we... We've stayed in touch and you've yielded many guests and for me, which I've been eternally grateful for. And then, yeah, you wanted some help to get coaching for your podcast. So at that point, what what was the drive behind wanting to do a podcast? Oh, that then? is a good question. Well, I wasn't exactly... I think part of it was I, I often do things because I feel intuitively like I should, but not, don't actually mm. know intellectually why. And I just knew that I wanted to do a podcast. Okay. And I think at the same time I was doing some work with Sajja Springer, who was also on your podcast yes. and my podcast. Yes. A very powerful lady. <laughs> um, and that whole fearlessly playful thing was like kind of that philosophy of what my my philosophy is in life and what I want to bring to the world kind of came up. And so I think that's where that that's what I wanted my podcast. I knew I wanted to be about games and playfulness. Mm. Um, but then I think what started emerging and I think maybe what is part of what I lost is that it's as much about my journey being fearlessly playful and reminding myself. Mm. Um, cause I can also get, yeah. Cause I can, even though that's my philosophy, some, for some reason I often forget, I get very serious sometimes. So I think maybe that's <laughs> what I'm supposed to, to be. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, but being fearlessly playful all the time must be <laughs> tiring. <laughs> Well, it's more—it's less tiring than being serious. Mm. Yes, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I think—I think, I think it's—I well, I think I've gotten better at not being at for, at not forgetting to be fearlessly playful. Mm. But and I think maybe why I was stuck, maybe and maybe in saying this, that part of the reason I was stuck is the format of wanting to do more than just interviews. What do you actually want to do? I think I still want to do interviews, but I like I like this <coughs> format of doing mm. being able to say, okay, I want to have a conversation now. Yes, about my own not a one sided conversation. Yeah, or um, the XRWA conference is coming up in a few weeks, and I just decided this morning and thinking about this conversation that I probably want to actually record because so, I'm moderating, sharing some of the panels for that. Mm. Just immersive reality, and because I'm involved, of course, playfulness and games. Yes. Um, but I think I'm going to record some of those panels and put it on the podcast as well. So I think being fearlessly playful about the the format. Mm. So does so is there a so there's an exploration focus in there, isn't there? Mm, yeah, yeah. But not wanting to be necessarily stuck to one modality of yeah. But I think there's something to be said for having. Like there's some of the other podcasts that I've been, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and mm. I like the ones that have, they have different segments. So I think maybe that's part of it is having some regularity to it, Yeah. but having a bit of mix and match. So it's not just completely all over the board, but mm. there is structure to it. I mean, the beauty of a podcast is that you can do whatever the hell you want. You can absolutely do what the fuck you want. Yeah. You know, I, I. One of the last things I say to my guests before I hit record is, okay, so it's, um, I go through a checklist of stuff, you know, phone switched off, do you need the toilet, do you need, the, do you need a glass of water, um, don't worry about swearing, don't worry about stories, um, and then I just run, <clears throat> I reiterate it to them that, you know, it's an, edit, an unedited conversation, mm. because it is a real conversation for me, 
Um, but the last thing I say to them is, the only reason why we will stop and start is if I fluff up the start and the beginning, the intro. And I, and I often look at them and go, and I can do that because it's my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, you, you can do what you want. I've, um, I empathise with what you're saying there because there's a point for myself where, you know, I've, I've released 100 episodes, recorded 105. Um, my conversations are very one-sided um there's a little bit more of me comes comes in when i contextualize some of the questions that i ask which is nice um but more and more now having sat and listened and then i go away and think and like many of my guests i i then take action to do you know there's numerous um guests where i go away and think all right i'm gonna start doing some of that and then i you know dare myself to go and do stuff um which is kind of being fearlessly playful. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. And and to me, it's also being, you know, there's no, to me, there's no point listening to a hundred people doing great stuff and not taking any of. Yeah. And then sitting there going, oh yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Yeah. Everybody should do that. And then me do fuck all. Yeah. And then it's like slacktivism. I listen to it. I don't have, you know, I listen what do you to call the, it? I listen slacktivism. To, yeah. Like I listen to the TED talk. No, I don't, you know. Oh, I, yeah. I feel good about oh, the thing. Oh, and that's, you know, that's up there with virtue signaling. <laughs> and that's one of the things that gives me the shit something chronic. Um, so, no, it's, it's converting those good ideas into action and then yeah. seeing results, you know, either good or, or not quite what you thought. And then and then reevaluating from there. And from there, I've, you know, I've said before, within my hundred episodes, there's a, there's a whole blueprint for a better life that you might want. Mm. But you've got to design it yourself. But what I'm finding now is um, from listening to people and trying stuff and playing with stuff and this, that and the other and working out what works for me and then listening to other people, it, I, I kind of got to the point now where it's like I, I, I've got a few opinions myself now. Yeah. And and I like um, like the crucible of having a discussion with like-minded, if not higher vibration, higher intelligent people to see whether those ideas still stand up mm. to scrutiny. So like a testing. Yeah, mm. yeah. And so it's having that sort of robust discussion that involves um, everyone to have a degree of mental and emotional spaciousness, which means, you know, you can bring it. Like yeah, you can bring it. Yeah, my, my counsellor introduced this to me. He sort of said, one of the challenges you have, Brent, is you have a large amount of mental spaciousness, which not everyone can handle. I was like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> And and it's basically bringing in an idea, yeah, and and looking and playing with it before you decide to embody it and take it on yourself. So I think the best best example of this is is um, if if I was to say, right, Hitler, he was a great leader. Let's discuss it. You know, now everybody knows that the outcome of what he did was less than great. Yeah, like, but shit, like you know, I, I don't need to go into that. <laughs> But most people will get emotionally or mentally, will get triggered. And then they won't be able to um, engage in that conversation. Um, but mentally and emotion, being mentally and emotionally spacious means that you can bring it in. And, you know, the guy motivated a lot of people to do a lot of things. So from a leader's point of view... It's worth looking at 
and you know it's getting in there so you know some people will be listening to this now and go <laughs> fuck that Bryn Edwards I've never fucking listened to his podcast he's like some but if you if you have a degree of mental spaciousness you'll even be able to you know get into what we're doing so back to your point is that well, one of the, that idea of like there's you can always learn there's always something to learn from everything yeah I mean one of the biggest things one of the things I found with podcasting is is that it, it has multiple layers to it so you start off with a gut instinct that this is a good thing to do. And, you know, and then there's the sort of ego stuff turns up. So, well, I have a podcast. It'll be great. I'll have stuff on iTunes. I'll have a face on iTunes. It'll be awesome. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for me, that lasted about a few minutes. And um, But then just doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. Um, you find that the onion unpeels. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it is your, it is my journey, my journey that I share. And the podcast has become an amazing vehicle that I've created, which opens doors to have conversations with people I would never have met before. Mm. And so my exploration and my expansion as a, as, a, as a human being is just geometrically increased. Um, but it's kind of like there's only so many podcasts you can listen to before you overdose on inspiration and you just can't I mean I had it with London Real I just got to a point where I could not listen to another one of Brian's podcast and I could I didn't understand why it was like I just gotta fucking do something with all this stuff mm. and then so I suppose the next part of the journey for me has been um you know like you said there's so many people to learn from success leaves clues uh, it sounds very Tony Robbins but it's it's so freaking true if you, you know, oh yeah, I like that. Is that, it, a, is that a successful? Oh, it's 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 That's a real sort of NLP type thing, yeah. and NLP is about modelling excellence. Yeah, and one of the big things in my journey has been, I had a model of excellence pushed onto me in in an English boys boarding school, which I swam in beautifully, and, and loved it. And then when I left boarding school, um, you know, I, I was you know, academic. We were always looking at what's the best score we could get. You know, on the rugby pitch, it was always win, 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 win. It was everything was just bang and excellence, and it, it was an amazing experience. But then, as I went out into the world, you realise that not everybody has that grounding of mm. high standards, and so I found it frustrating. You know, I started playing a local rugby side, and not everyone's turning up to training two times a week. I was like, how, how does that work? Why? Why do you not? You surely have to come to training. And um, I could see that being really annoying to you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and and at work, it's like people sending in, like submitting stuff with spelling errors and stuff like that. It's like, are you, are you kidding me? Did you not read this through? You're not taking pride in your work. And, um, and so it got very, the world got very confusing for me at that point. Um, but then I started to question my own, you know, oh, am I just beating myself up too much? And da 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 da. And I think it's, and then I sort of dropped it for a while and I sort of just swam along. And then I've just had this real, real, real reawakening again of trying wanting to be excellent in 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 what i do and then i suddenly the pennies dropped during the the journey of the podcast which is that before the model of excellence was handed to me you know you get up you do this we do this you train at this point you know now it's up to me to define the model of excellence Mm -hmm. it's up to me to define what excellence looks like for me um I, i read recently it's less about being a good man and more about being good at being a man and me defining what a man mm. and a father and a producer and somebody who's connected to something bigger than himself um what does that do and it's having a practice that i you know 
repeat on a daily, weekly, monthly basis and then watch, mm-hmm. watch what happens. Not a specific result because we are very outcome-focused. And that's, that's one of the challenges I've had with the podcast as well is that you know, right from the start, you, know, you get to, well, you get to like 12, 20 episodes and people are like, oh, it's brilliant, you're going to start monetizing it. It's like, no. I mean, I haven't even got a bloody website for it. I've recently attracted somebody to come and help me finish off a website. I've had two people with a false start on a website and now I'll have a website soon, which is quite exciting. Good. But it hasn't been the point. The point yeah. has been the journey and the point has been, you know, playful to a degree yeah. and it's follow the journey. But it's getting to the point, you know, it's a very long-winded answer to the point you made earlier on, which is I still want to interview, I still want to do that focused deep dive, but I also want to bring in another format somehow, you know, like I could almost call it WA Real Chat yeah. and just invite on a periodic basis, you know, two, three people to sit around a table and like, here's a topic, let's get into it, and mm. rip it up and see where everybody comes from and, and see where you get to at the end of that. Because, you know, the, the interview format is fantastic if you're in proper receiver mode. Mm. And I've done a podcast yet, recently um with elaine olson and we talk about the four levels of listening and the fourth one the deepest level of listening is listening to a point where your beliefs and things are quite fluid around stuff so you truly listen to what someone has to say and you parts of it embed in you that 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 are the the bits that need to be there Mm. um so you, you know you sort of get past all your resistance of like oh, that conflicts with this and that conflicts with that. But you just actually listen to it for that listening sake and then see what you take on board as you come back out. And that that's a skill and an art, um, which I've honed after, you know, 100 episodes. But then there's that part of, right, so I've got all these ideas that come together, you know. Uh, I'm sort of, part of me sees WA Real as a triage for great people with great ideas mm. in Western Australia across the four big games of life. And, um, but what are I, the four big games of life? The four big games of life are health, yeah. relationships, business or production, and, and connection to something bigger than yourself. They're the four big games. And, and we play in all four. And, you know, you can, we often zero in on one of those games at the expense of another. Mm. And you'll never get as far as, you never get a, you'll never rise as far as your lowest performing game. Mm. Right. So, you know, it's all very well seeing the businessman who's worth millions of dollars, um, who's, who goes home to a shitty marriage. Right. Or the stay at home dad, who's freaking awesome with the kids, but it's, you know, he's fat and useless and, and can't really move very well, you know, or the spiritual guru who can't pay his iPhone bill. Or the gym bloke who looks freaking awesome but is racked by insecurity and can't get a girlfriend, you know. You know, you, you, you see people mm. peak in one of those but then they're racked in another one. And so it's, it's about being conscious that there are the four games and, you know, I, I recently split those four games down into, you know, like a next layer of things for me. So let's take health. It's like, for me, it's body, nervous system and food, three things. And... Um, and so then, it's like the games within the game of Yeah, yeah. So it's breaking the game down a bit to the next level. And then it's like, okay, so what do I need to do for my body? Well, I go to modus and move. So I make a commitment to go there three to five times a week. Um, my nervous system, I recently learned how to do tremoring. So I make a point of tremoring at least two out of three days. 
And food, I, you know, I start paying more attention than some of the food, and there's a few experiments there. And then I created myself a little spreadsheet, and um, I tick off the days that I've done it and days that I haven't. And not with any judgment, not beating myself up, but I sort of do it just just to be exploratory. Mm. And and then I, you start noticing the days where the ticks line up always happened to be the days that were fucking excellent. Mm. And you've built capability and capacity within your day. And and so it makes you want to do it again the next day. Mm. And uh, if, you know, if you don't do it the following day for some reason, then so be it. But you, you start to build something in the bank. Mm. And um, you know, a lot of that has come from just doing and doing and doing. And, you know, there have been challenging times with the podcast where it's been like, oh, gosh. You know, you sit there sometimes and it's like, or is it, what is this guest talking about? Or do I really want to sit and talk to a guest? Or can I be asked to send some invites out? And, you know, there have been day, there have been weeks where it's got pretty thin, like, fuck. You know, I make a commitment every Monday morning to get one out and you, you, you're there on Monday, Tuesday, and you're like, fuck, I haven't got anyone for next week. Mm. For, for whatever reason. There's usually serendipity. Like several, like one person's ill, another person's just had to hop on a plane and it's like... And they're like, oh, I'm really sorry. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't be angry with them. Mm. You can't say, you've got to go and talk to me because my podcast. <laughs> and then, you know, open up and then all of a sudden another guest turns up. Yeah. You can make, you can find one mm. from somewhere. And then, you know, the place I like to be in is the place that I'm in at the moment where, you know, I released episode 100 this week, but I've recorded up to 104. So, you know, it gives you a bit of space. But... You just keep doing and doing, and it's the craft and the discipline mm-hmm. of doing it. And and then that, be, that so, you know, podcasting is part of my practice. Yeah. And it's part of Do my, you have a tick box on your spreadsheet for that? Uh, no, no, I don't actually, um, but it's there. It's recognised as one of the things yeah. I do that adds... Well, the tick box, is, is, it, is it on iTunes? That yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it, 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 yeah, so it's a lot of it... Um, like, there's a great quote from Edo you know, Portal, who's the... The Modus guy. The mo- well, yeah, he's the, the guy that, create, that sort of created the movement culture. But yeah. listen to an interview, and, and part of him, he talks about, you know, success being a shitty word because it's about outcome-focused. Mm. Whereas to him, it's more about, and I resonate with this, it's, it's more about being the master craftsman of just continually working and working and working and working. And part of it was, he said, it's just, sh- just shut up and do the fucking work. Mm. And and there's a part where I've had a lot of people like yourself who come to talk to me about starting a podcast. And wow, it's, it's really raining. It is, it is. And <laughs> um, I've had a lot of people come and talk to me about, oh, starting a podcast. And they want to, you know, talk about the ins and outs of microphones and should I be on this yeah hosting site or should it be on that and what should it do what questions should I ask and this that and the other and you know there are basics you need which I took you through mm. you know to get it up and mm. running and then after that it's just fucking do it yeah but I recognise you know last thing Brian Rose said to me my podcast mentor was don't stop mm. so I never did yeah now you had a bang on the head, so almost a bit of divine intervention. Well, maybe it was a, a, a prompt for a reset. Because mm, mm. actually, that thing you said earlier about that, um, the 
Well, the excellent was it the pattern for excellence or the model for excellence? Yeah, defining my own model of excellence. Yeah, because I went to a, a very competitive academic school as well, mm. and I think that that model of excellence included being very serious. Yes, and then uh, did a PhD, and being an academic is also mm. you know you you perform being you know the lecturer, the professor, and being very serious, and students yeah. expect you to be the serious person, and yeah. so I think part of it is me undoing that that yeah to find my own model of excellence but it's probably finding your own homeostasis if you've been in such a serious environment for a yeah. period of time you'll want to go and yeah that, but yeah I, I stopped being an, a proper academic yeah quite some time ago so i think i've started to get there but i think part of that is the um what i people's expectations of me or what other people think I should be doing versus mm. what I think I should be doing. And I think part of it is that... And, and let me just hold, yes. hold you there is people's expectations of what you should be doing are you... My interpretation. Your of interpretation in my of their <laughs> yeah. perceptions yes. Yes. as well as your own perceptions yes. of what you should be doing. Well, I think that, okay, the context... And the, and the two are interesting. The context there is that I largely have just done what I have intuitively felt or followed my passion through my whole life. Hmm. And I've decided recently that I want to be more, um, I guess, strategic and commercially smart about, about those things. Um, and part of that also has been, I think I've been too soon with a lot of things, like started doing non-screen focused games or mixed reality games like 13 years ago. Yes. Well before Pokemon Go. And so when I would explain what I did, people would just, it just didn't make any sense. Yes. So trying to really harness or keep doing the thing rather than changing and looking at something else and keep doing it until it becomes a thing. And so the playfulness thing, I think what I'm struggling with now is that um, I feel very strongly that this is an important thing that the world needs. Yes. But I think it's still a little bit too soon. Mm. And so in, in, in my part of the pod, part of the goal of the podcast is, is my process, but it is about that kind of, I've been experimenting with calling myself an evangelist for the power of play recently. Mm, and so that. bringing that into the, but some people don't like it. And that, so that's the thing is, is yeah. it's, 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 um, maybe not so much perceptions of what, or people giving me advice or what they think I should be doing is how do I really connect, um, what I'm doing in a way that people understand that it makes sense to them. And, and so it's kind of like a frictionless converse, conversation. So mm. it's like using their language. And so, um, in, in trying to bring more playfulness to organizations in the corporate world, um, to help to empower people and, and help with innovation and creativity, the feedback that I've been getting from people, some people who are very commercially smart is that that playfulness word is in play is a bad word. Yes. So I think part of what I'm struggling with in the podcast is how do I be true to myself and, and do what I've always done, which is following mm. what I really think is important well, still serving yeah. the world in, in a way that it it, meet, it, it connects with the people because really kind of cutting edge, creative, innovative, playful people get what I'm doing. Yes. But those aren't the people that need to be converted or, mm. you know, get my message. So playfulness, one could argue that playfulness is a label. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's a label for what? Well, I would just, well, play... Playing playfulness, 
I think a really good example is if you think about, have you played The Sims or heard of Will Wright? He made the he I'm made aware City. Of them yeah. Not okay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I can't see you spending too much time playing video wow. games. But um, Will Wright, a uh, well-known game designer, kind of he created The Sims in that kind of yeah. more sandbox style of games. Yes. And what I like about his work is that if you look at The Sims, which is basically like you have a, a house and you have characters in it that mm. live a life and you can kind of control what happens or they have some autonomy. And there's no winning. You can't win or lose The Sims. You can't finish the game. It's not like another game where you like Red Dead Redemption 2, which I just finished playing, when you finish the story and you get to the end. Yes. This, that, which is, again, there's a, a win state. Playfulness is is kind of, you, you play The Sims, you don't win The Sims. It's more like a sandbox. And that's how Will Wright describes it, is you get this sandbox mm. where you can experiment and you can be creative and you can, um, I guess part of what The, the Sims 2 is, is thinking about like playing out situations. So it's actually interesting because I started playing The Sims 4 again recently while I was looking for a new place to live. And I started creating houses in the game that looked like what I wanted mm. my house to look like or what I wanted to ha- happen. Oh, wow, so yeah. I started, and I don't know, if they, I think that's a pretty weird use of, or an off-label use of The Sims. Mm. But I think playfulness is a way of, is also of kind of having that practicing what things could be in a safe a safe way. So like that game that you kind of challenged me um, that level two of my, um, the, the daring yourself to, to talk to four people and yes. five people in, in Fremantle. Yeah. And, yeah. and actually just go out. And, so a container for doing something yeah. new and scary. I think, um, so several years ago, I, I, I did quite a deep dive on a, on a, a, uh, a psychological theory around, cause I have a degree in in psychology and a master's in business psych. And um, so for so I did a deep dive on something called motiva- motivational styles by a guy called Michael Apter. And I actually went on a course and, and did a real deep dive into it. But basically he had um, he had this idea that there were there were almost like imagine um, you know like a graphic equalizer on a on a stereo. We don't seem to see those nowadays, yeah. but I don't know if you remember as a kid, just graphic equalizer. I mean, you got all the yeah. Well, they the have sliders. the digital ones now. Like, yeah, but you have all the sliders, yeah. right? Yeah. And there, there are four. There are imagine there are four scales, right? And there are sliders on it. Mm. Okay. And his his sort of um, postulation was that there's you can be you can be at one end of each of the four sliders. Um, and that will create a motivational state. So in effect, there's almost like, I think there's like 16 different states you can have. But it kind of explains why, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you get up and you're like, I'm going to go to the gym and then I'm going to do this and I'm going to go to work and it's all like bang, bang, bang. And then it gets to Sunday and you're like, fuck it, I'm lying in bed, right? Yeah. Why is it that the same person will execute two different types of behavior? Well, you know, standard psychological theory will say that, you know, you are a personality trait, so therefore you are repeatable and consistent. Well, it's just not true, right? Um, you know, it, it, there might be empirical evidence behind it, but just look at your own life. It's just not true. So one of them, one of the, the slider states is seriousness and playfulness, right? And Because that one slider. That's one slider. So the that's interesting that that's the... Yeah. So 
so the point being that you can't be serious and playful at the same time um, because the essence of it underneath is that seriousness is the way he defined it yeah. and this is the way he defined it is you're very outcome focused you're very you're doing something for a point okay um, but then playfulness is is doing things with no point yeah for the for the pure sake of being in it and exploring and seeing what happens and Michael puts forward that you know you can do you can do a profile and you can work out where you where your preference is mm. and some people might have a preference for playfulness and a preference for seriousness you know the other one was following rules and breaking rules mm. the other one was being self-orientated and and being other person orientated mm. and the fourth one completely eludes me right at this point in time um must not be important <laughs> but yeah let's just be playful and not worry about it um but yeah so you can you can slide it amongst them and you know some people might spend a lot of time in one area mm. but i guess it got me thinking of well you know let's take let's take um let's take a facilitation here like a business meeting facilitation I see it, and unfortunately the listeners are not going to be able to see this because my hands are doing something, but, you know, I see the best way to facilitate a discussion is set the context, mm. like, you know, da 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 um, And then it's like, we're going to explore, and right now for the listeners, my hands are going out, uh, <laughs> out, and you sort of gather up all the potential options, yeah. right, with no judgment. You know, they can be the craziest, stupidest, off-the-wall, like, suggesting, oh, we could do this, we could paint it yellow, green, purple, blah, blah, blah. we could put bells on it, all yeah. sorts of stuff. And you just be creative and, and just, like, just spurt shit out from, you know, from the deep parts of your streams of consciousness and stuff like that. Um, and then you'll get to a point where you then bring it in. Now, for the readers, my hands are coming back in, a, in towards <laughs> the themselves. Yeah, to the, to the listeners, my hands are coming back towards themselves. And that's when you start to evaluate Get back into the serious. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think the, the challenge I see in the workplace and it and it, it again it's the difference between process and journey. Mm. Right. A lot of people think that, you know, life is a journey. Well, I actually think life is a process and you experience it as a journey. And it can be rich mm. as well. But underneath there's a process, there's certain similarities that go on and you know, having done numerous podcasts and numerous Legacy interviews, I, I start to see patterns in, in, in what goes on. And so I think it's finding the balance of where, where we are lacking playfulness mm. and then going into the playfulness. Now, you could argue, oh, yeah, so we're strategically being playful now. because Strategic that, playfulness. Strategic playfulness. So... <laughs> And and yeah, that will get you so far. Yeah. But it's how far you want to let go. There's yeah. there's a lot of to me, playfulness, creativity, stuff like that is is how much do you want to let go and how much mm. do you want to allow allow things to just come up. Mm. You know, we could get really ethereal now and it's how much do you want to tap into all that is where all the mm. ideas exist. Mm. Um and so it's 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 being in that playfulness, it's being less constricted with your focus mm. you know there's a lot of value to being super constricted with your focus and being deep dive in that mm. seriousness you know that's how you end up with phds and things mm. like that because you know you've really 
fucking narrowed down yeah. into one area and you know there you go but then it's also coming out mm. to to take on board a lot of creativity as, mm. as well and and to me it's there's a nice flow of yeah. the two so rather than just one or the other because I actually started being a the other. designer when I did my PhD that mm. was when cause, and I'm realizing now maybe that was like <laughs> I needed it to be sane yes that it was like the thing I did yeah as a fun thing well there's a beautiful balance a, in that yeah it turned into a, my job yeah which was unintended because I thought my, the PhD was going to turn into my job which was mm. about Facebook and privacy which is very serious <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah more than we realized yeah uh, that was another too soon thing right that came out in 2012 and yeah oh the curse of being able to read the energies and see things <laughs> Yeah, before you need to. Yeah. Yes, I've had that a few times. But, um, yeah, and so, I don't know, maybe... Well, look, the, the gut response I have is maybe an over-focus on playfulness. For playfulness' sake, I don't know. Maybe that is why you hit a brick wall. Maybe it's playfulness within the context of all of life's experience of you know, being focused, being playful, being focused, mm, being playful. Right, so it's like the light only exists within the dark. And the what, there's, sorry? Well, there's, there's this young, young, Carl Jung quote. Yeah. That's in my, my yoga class that's about that, and I can't remember. But it's something about that, how the darkness only exists for the light and vice versa. 100%. Yeah. 100%. You, you can't, if you're just playful all the time. I just sat around playing The Sims all day. Well, what's that going to get me? Exactly. <laughs> right? Well, exactly. Exactly. And um, look, that's the gateway into a whole discussion about duality. Yeah. Within the within the universe, and yeah, and and Carl Jung. Yeah, I could I go down the deep. Yeah. I go down the rabbit hole yeah. all day on that. <laughs> well, also the concussion, right? Like, what's what was that about, right? So you know that you have that happen. You, things happen, and they teach you things, right? Yeah. And All so, right, well, what, let, what was that? let's do that then for yeah. a minute. What's changed as a result of the con- <laughs> of, of the? I don't know if anything's actually changed from that. Um, but actually, before we move on to that, I do want to say, oh, my cat's just appeared. I don't know if you've met my cat. Yeah, we're all in. <laughs> She's black and white and fuzzy for our people listening. Um, the I'm to your point about playfulness and seriousness. Um, Lego serious play. I'm actually doing my Lego serious play training yes. certification in a few weeks, and I think that is that really good balance of. Um, serious. It's called serious play for a reason because you play, yeah. but it's a structured way of. Um, it's a good way to describe it. It's like a structured way of of. You, you 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 think with your hands by creating models that are mm. metaphors with Lego, and then you use them as a way to communicate with other people and get past assumptions. And so it's playful, but it's also very serious. But it's and it's you kind of move between um, let's just have creativity and freedom and yeah. playfulness. Just go and do something. Just do whatever. There's no constraints other than you have the Lego in front of you. Just go do what you want, and then you come back into the structured process. So it's kind of this alternation between going between that yeah. the serious and the playful. Mm. And I think it worked. It, it I mean, it's the corporate world seems to really dig it. So it seems to really it, it's probably because yeah. Who knows, mate? Maybe I'll reduce this down to you know, corporate world 
is, is typically labelled as being quite male, although I think it's a reflection of the worst of being a male. But, um, and, and most males will have played with Lego. Did you know that, this is a fun fact, um, in Australia there are more CEOs named Andrew than there are female CEOs of any name? <laughs> Isn't terrible. that crazy? That's, that's quite dull. <laughs> that's actually really dull. Not that I'm saying, you know, So Andrew's name your bad kids name. Andrew no matter what gender they are. Oh, no, don't. <laughs> don't. At all. Or not. But there you go. So... But yes, to your point, it, yes, it is. So you see, you think that, but I think, mm. I, I think Lego, I mean, I grew up playing Lego. I think Lego yeah, is one I of those it. toys that um, is kind of a genderless toy, although it's become a bit more mm. with the Lego friends, which you had the, the creative that on your podcast as well. Yes. But yes. it's still, I still feel that it is a very kind of genderless toy. It is. It is. It's, um, yeah, Lego's a fun one, isn't it? It's. It's can you be truly creative with Lego or do you like doing Lego because you follow the instructions? Oh, there's two different approaches. Yes, I think there's Lego. two. So I always would, I would get the Lego and make this, the thing, the, the thing that the instructions told yeah. you and then I would just destroy it and make something else and then I would put it and integrate it into whatever other thing I was building. So I'd build it once to learn right. how to do it and then I would just never, but I know that there is the other thinking mm. of cr- creating the model and put it in your shelf. Yeah. Which I would debate is, I would argue, is not really Lego. Oh. <laughs> but I guess it's a different it, purpose. It's different to your yeah. drive for Lego. That's why, you know, Lego has lots of draws to it. Yeah. You know, I watched my daughter play, do Lego Friends. And um, she's just totally absorbed. Mm. And it's great to watch. Like she's properly in the flow absorbed. Yeah. yeah, that's another thing about play, it's a flow thing. But I interrupted you about the the CEOs playing Lego. Oh no! You were talking about that. <laughs> but why do it appeal to the corporate world? Oh, I think probably because everyone has a link back to their childhood. Yeah, it? I think it's the Lego brand that really helps. With yeah, because people and it's robust and people get what it's like and they know that and I it's they on have TV that experience. Now. So that's true. Yeah, and there's a movie, well, a series of movies. Well, yeah, I don't know how you can drag those <laughs> into platforms, but there you go. So going back to your podcast then, um, obviously after your concussion, at some point you would have thought, oh, I should get this back up and running. And then there would have been a bit of friction in there or resistance. Yeah. And I just kept putting it off. But I also, I think, and actually thinking about that now, one of the things that um, I did come out of my concussions, I decided I needed to move. Right. That was, I'd been thinking about it and that was kind of the mm. final straw. Yes. And we are now having a conversation in my new place. Yes. So that's happened. Surrounded by boxes. <laughs> so you have moved. Yeah. So that yeah. happened. And I think also that perhaps took up, because that took up a lot of time trying to find a new place. Mm. That was almost like a part-time job. But that was probably a big, yeah, like you said, that's a shift in the move that you needed to mm. make. Mm. And we can't, but now that I don't have to deal with that anymore, no, it's giving me more time to do because it's a base. It's you know, home is a base thing. Yes, right. If you're unsettled at home, or unsettled in your sense of home, like some people can feel at home, living across several different places. Yeah, you know, or some people might feel at home just being in one place. But I think 
it, and it's and it's a theme I would like to deep dive more into in the podcast: the sense of home mm. and and base and mm. nest or mm. whatever you want to call it. Because um, ultimately, it's a feeling. Mm. Um, but if you're unsettled, then yeah, I mean, podcasts are awesome, and I love doing them. But you know, if if for some you know, and I make a commitment to having mine out every Monday morning, but if all of a sudden I had to go to England to look after my mum or yeah. something like that, then they might fall by the way. So. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I think <laughs> for also... For reasons that are... Yeah. Real, human. Yeah, yeah. well, because it's kind of like... Uh, it's not... Like, if you stop doing it, it's not going to kill you. And no. it's not going to, you know, you're not going to lose your income. It's not going to have, like, it's a, a really nice to have, but it's not. It, yeah. Well, it's become super important to me. Right. Um, but, but I, I think ha- I hadn't got, I had only done, what, three? So I, yeah. you know, I think if I'd got to 100, I might feel a bit different. Yeah, yeah. And you, and you would have clicked straight back into it yeah. as well. Um, but I had an interesting experience um, last week. So my hosting site went down. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it didn't come out until Wednesday. Yes, and you were really, I, we were talking, yeah. You we were talking, me, you and, were, you, you were, know, I had like, to really you were, seriously You were very, I could tell this is unsettling. Well, it was agitating to start yeah. with, and then after a period of time, I just had to breathe mm-hmm. and go, there's not a lot I can do about this. You know, I emailed the CEO, and he was telling me <laughs> he was on did. it. Mm, my most fun CEO's <laughs> email address. Sort of pointed out a few things. And... Um, but then at the end, you know, you're at the mercy of some techie dude yeah. to make it work. Or lady. Yeah, do do that. Um, <laughs> someone. And, um, yeah, I had to breathe. And it was kind of like, it was, it was a really good reality check, mm. too. It is important to get it. It, it is still important and it is still a priority mm. to me. Uh, I think one of the nicest things about it was the amount of messages and texts I got from people saying, hey, where's wh- where's yeah. my Monday morning episode, Brent? And I was like, oh, wow, yeah, people will probably listen. Uh, <laughs> and they expect, which is great. Um, yeah, but it was also like, it, it, it's not life or death, but it is as well at mm. the same time. Yeah. It is super important to me. And I, I, I ran a few scenarios in my head a few weeks beforehand about, things in the future and one of them would be less time to do podcasting and the immediate emotional response was no and I was like right so that's well installed Mm. um yeah but I'm at 100 episodes Mm. yeah I think to to your point earlier about the feeling of of, a place and home and because it's doubly so for me because I work from home as well yeah and part of the challenges my old places there wasn't really I couldn't really do a podcast no. From there. So I was constantly looking for can mm. I, a studio that I could use. And so when moving, one of the goals was to have yeah. a place that I could easily do podcasts from. Yes. So I think... And you get into your routine and yeah. like your location. I mean, mine, the general, 60-odd percent of mine are done around my kitchen table, mm. which is very homely. Mm. Um, you know, I've got a nice pine wooden table that me and mm. my dad made many, many years ago in England. It came across with many other furniture items. So... Yeah, there's a certain amount of pride I have in, mm. oh, I sit around the kitchen table, have mm. a chat. Um, yeah, so maybe part of it is just finding your home. Mm. Yeah. And I've started, well, we're having this conversation now. So yeah, I well, I like... thought this was genius, really. 
Not because it's got me on it. Uh, just because, well, why, why not make a podcast out of your resistance to making podcasts? Yeah. Well, it's so meta. It's gold. Oh, yeah. It's like meta king. So how are you feeling about it all now then? Well, I, that, uh, that whole thing about the home base thing, actually, I didn't think about that. I didn't realize that. It seems mm. really obvious now in saying that. Which yes. Usually when I, so often is the case with these things. Yeah. When it when it when you go oh that was so obvious how did I not know that yeah. that's like a sign that it's a, like a, a, a big part of the mm. thing. Because mm. um, you were in it, not looking at yeah. it. Yeah. And I think also part of it was just me being hard on myself, which I'm good at. About like why am I not doing the podcast? And the more that I was thinking about that, the more I didn't want to do it because it was just, it was like this whole yeah judgmenty yeah mental storm yeah thing. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, I think it is. Which is the antithesis of playfulness. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I do think that it's still something in, like, I, I'm, st- I'm still working out that how do I, because so one of the coaches that I'm working with, I'm working with some great business coaches. One of them was like, don't do the podcast anymore. It's probably a waste of time. And. I think the challenge for me in this is um, I've always been kind of a creative future thinking, mm. not necessarily the most like commercially smart, like that hasn't been a driver for me. And yes. so I can trust my judgment and trust my sense about what's important and what I should be doing. But in trying to do something new because it's new and, and I'm learning that, yes. that's where I don't know if I can, that's where I, I'm still not clear on trusting my own judgment from that. Mm. And so it's me balancing out, um, taking advice from people that do have that depth of experience. Like they, taking advice from people who I know have a track record and I should be listening to. But then when they say things like that, that make that challenge where I think I should be going, Mm. who do I listen to? Because they have a track record of, you know, doing the work that I want to be doing and going the places that I want to be doing, which is why I'm working with them. So do I go, okay, well, maybe they, I should listen to them because like, there's a reason I have the coaches, right? Is they're teaching me the things that I need to be, well, my blind, my blind spots. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, this, so, so it's really almost like, it's like a fundamental, like yeah. trust, where, where do I Although be, be, if um, I was going to be, if I was <laughs> going to seriously challenge you, you've mixed up two words, okay. coaching and teaching. Okay. Well, mm, yes. Okay. I know. Yeah. So maybe they're more like mentors. Okay. So what's the, I remember there is, I've read a distinction between coaching and mentoring. Um, I think coaching is more helping you versus mentoring, which is someone teaching you and to do something they've already done or helping you to get, like they have that experience. So maybe it's more mentors that I have than coaches. Yeah. I mean, to me, I did a dive in this with my business masters um teaching is where somebody's done or doing what you want to do mm. and they have a process and essentially you shut the fuck up and do it yeah you know we're not very good at it but it's one of the things that they're really good at at modus which is like i'm going well why i like going because yeah. they teach you yeah like you just you just do it yeah or you figure it out yeah you know um, yeah, there's no no argument. Like, I think I know how to do it better. No, like, no, that's not there why is you're there. No, no, that's not what you're there. And it, and it's ridiculous to be doing that. Yeah. Um, and and the there's a lack of that 
in the world of mm. just shut up and do the work. Shut, mm. shut up and do, follow the process. Mm. But, you know, this person has hit a degree of success. Go through their process. Then when you get to the end of the process, then it's kind of like, okay, so what, what actually sits, what actually settles mm. for you? You know, and, and then that's more the coaching. To me, it's more the inner game mm-hmm. of what sits, what settles, what's aligned to your essence, what's not. You know, if a business coach spoke to me and said, you know, the podcast makes no sense, you don't need to do it anymore. Mm. It's like, yeah, from business sense, totally agree. Mm. But from uh Yeah, I think they're wearing that hat. I think that yeah, it wasn't hundred percent. There's more to it than it's just it's not just a marketing thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the problem. Now we're not being playful. Now we're being super outcome focused, <laughs> right? And a lot of and I get a lot of this because yeah. you know, podcasting has soon become like just like that. It became this in vogue marketing thing that everybody needs to be doing. Well, yeah, great, awesome. Hmm. It's not what I do it for. Hmm. I don't think that's why people listen. I think the reason that podcasts are so successful is because they're still, it's like the last space that is still, it's not hyper-produced. It's very Mm. real. It's very, and it's. Well, you've got the full rainbow, haven't you? Yeah. You've got the hyper-produced ones and stuff, you know, you know, BBC, ABC, they're chucking content out and, you know, it'll be groomed. Um, you know, there'll be no rain in the background sounds and yeah. we'd be doing this in cats the studio and cats wandering by <laughs> and stuff coming in and out and this, that and the other. But, you know, at the same time, there's space for a man in his kitchen table. Yeah. You know, Mark Maron's done in his garage yeah. and, you know, pretty smart looking garage nowadays, but done in his garage. Yeah. He's had Barack Obama in his garage. So, um. Yeah, there's the full gamut. There's a free expression there. Yeah, and the authenticity and the vulnerability, I think, as well. Yeah, and I think... And, and this is what I... This is what I believe why a lot of podcasts um, falter really quickly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when we did the, the four weeks of, of coaching, you know, what was the first thing I drilled in? It wasn't like microphones or yeah. tech or this. It was Why? Yeah. Why, why, why do you want to do it? And when, you know, when I went through Brian's broadcast yourself course, first thing Brian was drilling into, into me over and over again, is why, 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 yeah. why? And look, to a degree, I could verbalize some stuff, um, but then after a period of time, you get past the verbalization and it just felt like the right thing to do. Yeah, that's how I feel, that's how I feel about it. It just feels I, yeah, like the I right thing. I can't explain thing. why. <laughs> then that's fine. Yeah. And, you know, because feelings precedes words. Mm. right um you know that's that was one of the like oh gold moments from doing an nlp course like feelings precede words yes words can create feelings Mm. and stuff but ultimately it's feelings that you then try and verbalize and stuff so if it feels like the right thing if it makes your heart sing Mm. if it lights you up the prospect of sitting down and talking to people or talking with people or interviewing Mm. them whatever it is do it yeah, and yeah. I, I think I think now I'm saying that what it was that was stopping me was me thinking I have to do the podcast in the way that my coach would be happy with me doing it. But I think that's which, a story about which, which what coach, I think she wants. Which coach? The business coach? Yeah. Not the podcast coach? No, me. no, yeah. 
Because the podcast guy is telling you. Yeah, to do no, because then there's you that's like, why aren't you doing your podcast? Oh, I was just, yeah, <laughs> no, no, just the discipline of it. No, but it's good because I, but it's it's the um, me going, okay, if I have to do the podcast and I'm with it, my, co- my business coach would be happy. Yeah. I don't want to do it anymore. I yeah. think it's actually what it was. And so it's, I want to do it the way that I want to do it, that I feel is important. Right. And that's, so it was me, I think thinking I had to do it in the way that I didn't want to. So and that was the block. Right. So that, so let's go <laughs> so back to... So I have to, to keep doing it in the way that I yeah. believe is important. So let's go back to the four games of life. Okay. Health. Yeah. You know, health and all of that. Um, connection, relationships. Yeah. Um, business and production and connection to something bigger than yourself. Um, there's no reason why the podcast can't feed more than one of those yes mine feeds all of them yes you know by design nowadays yeah um but by if you're getting yourself strung up on the podcast has to do this for Mm -hmm. my business car you know then it's it's specifically for my business and you you have mentioned several times you know i've not been commercially savvy and (laughs) this that and the other and this that yeah but you know, just from knowing you as long as I have, which is the year now, it's like you turn up and you turn up with energy, thoughts, creativity, which is giving, giving, giving. Mm. And um, that'll be, that will be rewarded. Maybe there's just a fear thing of asking for a bit more and asking for this, that, yeah. but not necessarily having to stop that. And sometimes it's doing stuff that, just fills your joy. I mean, yeah, and so yeah, it's that slider, right? So I do have to maybe be a bit more commercially serious, serious. Yeah. But if I'm just serious, and I'm just going back to the way I was before. Yeah. Which is boring and not doing what I'm meant to be doing in the world. And She's not very playful. <laughs> no. It's been it's been timid, it's more, been timidly serious. Timidly serious. Yeah. Yeah. So it can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. You know, and I I I have this thing with myself frequently it's like maybe i should inter- like i said maybe i should intersperse interviews with conversations from time to time mm. like three four way conversations mm. or maybe i keep i keep wa real and then i just have wa real chat from mm. time or to bonus time episode, yeah 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 that yeah. pop up as and when i want yeah. to and i can just release yeah. them through the wa real yeah platform yeah. and and just do it that way you know i've even thought of because there's a few people that um are starting to reach out to me you know through instagram and stuff and you know like peter sage was the first example of this and you know by rights i broke i broke all the wa real rules mm. to talk to him mm. he wasn't in wa we, mm. we did it through zoom mm. i've only done two through zoom uh, he's never been to WA. he's been to australia never been to wa wasn't in wa so it's like right so i broke the first rule and it, but I really, really wanted... But they're to, your rules, so... Yeah, but they're my rules yeah. to be broken. Yeah. But I really, really wanted to talk to him. Yeah. Because he's uh, somebody whose work I, 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 I take on board a lot. And so the opportunity to spend an hour talking to Peter, like, yes, please. So then that got me thinking, well, there are several other people out there. And because you learn with podcasting after a while, you know, you start off with your first few invites and you get really... You put them out there, you get really timid. Oh, I hope <laughs> And then after a period of time, I think it was after about 30, 40 episodes, I realised, yeah, most people say yeah. Yeah. And why wouldn't they? Yeah. You know, they get to chat and 
they get yeah. released and the brush with fame or self-indulge or any of that stuff um, so so then it's kind of I got to this point of there are people out there that I would I would I would like to pick their brains mm. and so you know that's where I'm toying with the idea of you know again keep the WA real discussing things with people who either live or, or who are in WA at the point in time but why don't I have another another segment to it, which is called WA, WA Real Imports. Mm. And I, I talk... Ooh, I like that. Yeah, and I talk to people around the world who have great ideas. Yeah. You know, or great way of looking things. You know, right now, you know, off the top of my head, I would love to talk to Sam Falstaffy or, or Garrett White, who do the Wake Up Warrior movement. Like, mm. They're fucking awesome, those guys. Are they going to be in Western Australia soon? No because they're all hanging out in Laguna Beach, California, doing what they're doing. But, you know, short of me going there. But then, you know, I, I could create WA Real Import and just start the odd Zoom conversation, because they have merit. It's not, as, it's not as cool as sitting like you and I are now, and like I do, and talking in person. Mm. But Zoom has merit, and it yeah. has scalability. Yeah. I did scalable. one, actually, the last podcast episode that I did, which I actually haven't released yet. Yeah. Like, I did it, but I haven't. Mm. The concussion happened right after, before I did the yeah. editing to launch. It was on Zoom, and it worked really well. Look, they work, and, and they're good. Um, and there is, you know, without being ethereal, you, there is an energy connection between the two people, even though the distance mm. is where whatever it is. So, you know, it's super, it's super good. Um, I personally enjoy the you know, person-person mm. interaction. Um, I like holding the space, you know, and I've got I've got one coming up soon, a guy who's does a lot of work for the Heart Math Institute, mm. and uh, we're going to talk about that. Um, but we're also going to rig ourselves up with, you know, heart rate variants, so we can see if, if we... While you're doing the podcast. Yeah, 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 so we can see if our heart rates become coherent. Oh, cool. Because I've often thought that I hold a heart connection with my guests while I'm yeah. talking to them. It makes sense to me that. Yeah. Um, so we're going to measure it. Huh. So that would be fun. So, again, then I guess the test of that is if you could do it through with somebody on the Zoom call. Hmm. But there you go. But, you know, you can do what you want. You have a play with it. Um, I... You know, I, I'm, I'm a real method master. I like the discipline of what I do. Yes, but that I've wor- noticed. <laughs> but, that, but that works for me. Yeah. For others, it might be all over the place. Um, but there you go. So how are you feeling about podcasting now? I feel, I feel a lot better, actually, about it. I think that it's like, it's like kind of that whole... I think I intuitively knew that, but I needed to talk about it to get past yeah. it. And I also think that, that, that what you said about so uh, I think a story that people may not know about podcasting is that um, Twitter used to be, was a pivot from a company called Odeo, which was, I think, 2005, right. which is an early podcasting yeah. company. And I was employee number two at a podcasting startup in Toronto at the time. And this, I remember the, the, the challenge was, is it was all focused on the technology. Mm. It wasn't focused on the content. Soft. And so that's why podcasting took forever to become a thing. So what is it, like 12 years, 13 years later yeah. now? Um, and Odeo obviously didn't succeed. It became Twitter, which did succeed. But to your point about it, it's it's not the technology, it's not the microphone, it's not the... No. The fa- like, oh, no. what is podcasting? Like, the whole challenge at the time was, 
explaining to people what podcasting was, but the yeah. explanation was, oh, it's an MP3 plus an RSS feed. Yeah. Who cares, right? It's the, they're not podcasts aren't popular because of that. They're popular yeah. because of the, what we can do. Accessible. Yeah, and the fact that you can, I think people want that. We're in this like hyper performance, unreal world of hyper normalization. Yes. Yeah, right. Where everybody looks perfect on Instagram. Oh, and then you start seeing people who like look like I went to this thing last weekend where it was just look like Instagram in real life. Like, you know, the whole Instagram eyebrow thing, yeah. it's like the, the aesthetic of Instagram was in, it was weird, but, um, I think that podcasts are popular mm. because a lot of it is that authentic, vulnerable conversation yes. that you just don't see anywhere yeah. else in the world because everything is just, even the internet used to be all yeah. weird, interesting, oh, amateur, yeah. bizarre, and now it's just you know Instagram eyebrows and but, pod, but podcasting we haven't we don't have oh, we and don't. we're starting to get there but it's not yeah it's not overwhelmingly that's yeah the the it's it's still very diverse in terms of what you can get it's not oh hundred percent the the exception you know, is the rule that there's some weird interesting stuff it's it's much as the hyper produced professional stuff yeah there's just a range for everything everybody's interest. You know, and I often say, you know, come and listen to a few of my podcasts. If you like them, stay. Yeah. If you don't, then go and find something yeah. you like. But please don't go back to mainstream media <laughs> um, for your own sanity and well-being and whatever you put into the conscious. Um, yeah, because if you were, you know, if you, if your thing was, I don't know, wearing board shorts and a, and a straw boater whilst mowing your lawn, I'm sure you can find a podcast about that. Yeah, there's, there's. I, I subscribe to a, a lot of podcasts and I have ones that are just about like, there's like four about bouldering mm. that I listen to. Yeah. They're just people talking about rock climbing. Mm. But at the same time, back to my point earlier on, you can overdose on inspiration and, and knowledge. You know, like we are just fucking awash with knowledge, mm. but unless you go apply it, unless you go do something, mm. it is just, you know, mental titillation for a period. Mental titillation. Yes. <laughs> That's a podcast title. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, podcasts are awesome on one level and they're a fucking nuisance on another. Yeah. Because they're the next level of procrastination. Mm. You know, you can listen to, oh, if you've got to make the move with your career or this or that and like, oh, just listen to another podcast and that'll help <laughs> me get, you know, and it's, that's yeah. the point where you have to go. Yeah. Go no, do the thing. Do the thing. Yeah. Stop listening to the podcast. So, you know, they're awesome for a bit of an initial fire and exploratoriness and, and, and this, that and the other. But at the same time, there can also be this incredible, you know, procrastination talk. Brian talks about it a lot with London Real because his big thing is you know, inspiring people. But then it's a gateway into other stuff. And, mm. you know, I, I see... WA Real over the next year, there are a number of ideas that will start to be actioned. And that's more about the taking what I've learned, taking some of my thoughts, and then helping people to convert inspiration into action, you know. Because otherwise, it, like I said, it's just procrastination. Or the worst of all, which I mentioned earlier on, is virtue signaling, you know, the whole go to a TED event and listen to 16 great speeches and then come back and do nothing with your life. It's like, 
what was, mm. the, what was the point? I was just mm. make yourself feel good and righteous for the day. Oh, I went to, you know, I went to a tournament. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Check me out. Yeah, okay. So I what, tweeted the whole thing. Yeah, I tweeted, yeah, I tweeted quotes, you know, and, you know, it's, people putting stuff out on Instagram with like the quote shit and stuff and it's like yeah that's awesome show me you fucking doing it yeah show me how it actually actually you're doing it because knowledge is great but unless it's applied it's just well it's worth fuck all really so yeah and I have a when I talk to my guests up front and they sort of say oh you know so what's the podcast about blah 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 one of the things I'm super clear about is I like to ask certain questions that have tangible answers to them. So I like to listen to the story, but it's kind of like, okay, so if I was, you know, you, you know, so if I was wanting to get playful, Kate, mm. um, what's the top three things I should think about doing? Right, yeah. You know, and then you go, oh, well, you know, um, put your phone away and just go and walk wherever you fancy in a park for <laughs> An hour, put on and, a silly hat. yeah, put a silly hat, or or sit with a blank piece of paper and a pencil and start yeah. doodling. You know, something like that. Yeah. So someone can actually out the back of it go, oh, yeah, right, okay. so actionable like I'll, things that they can do. I'll do, I'll do yeah. what Kate says. Yeah, that's 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 me. That's what yeah. I like doing. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm like practical and yeah. stuff. I like learning the theory, but you know, I like completing Cobb's learning cycle. Yeah. You know, you do the you do the reflective. What's Cobb's learning cycle? Well, it's the whole think about it, theorize, plan, but then the last bit is do. Right. And then once you've done, it's then right. you reflect, theorize, plan, do, think, you know. And um or or the other learning cycle which I, I, I sort of playing with at the moment, which I like, is is learn, live, lead. Mm. So the lead is almost like the do. Well, the learn the learn is learning about stuff. The live is then go and live it, do it. And then the lead is go and tell others how to do it. Okay. Share. Because then that takes your commitment to the next level. Mm. You know. So, you know, the the learn is almost like this mental game. The live is is almost like a physical game. And then the lead is heart game. Mm. Because you actually got to stand up there and go like I believe in this, mm. even when others might say it's a lot of bollocks. But so, yeah. But so that's my sort of concern about podcasts, mm-hmm. or the or, or listeners is that they can be listening, 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 listening. You know, mm-hmm. you could do thirty, forty podcasts on playfulness and its great application of in business settings and stuff like that, and there could be three. You know, senior directors and managing directors mm. who listen to it and go, yeah, oh, I love, I love Kate Snowden. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. It's great. And it's like, okay, so how have you implemented playfulness into yeah. your business? And it's like, uh, well, I've thought about it. And it's like, yeah. well, great. So you've invested 50, you know, 40 hours of your life listening to this. Yeah. For what end? So it's almost like another slider then, right? Which is like yeah. inspiration Then now I'm being action, serious, right? aren't I? I'm or inspiration being... and action as like a slider, like you... Yeah, but now I'm being serious, aren't I? I've gone from playful to being serious. (laughs) Like playfulness is like, oh, (laughs) sit and listen. And there might be a good idea or there might not or this and the other. But maybe even at the end of the podcast, you sit and go, I really enjoyed listening to that, but there is actually nothing tangible for me to take away. Mm. Oh, cool. Mm. So, yeah, that's me being serious and Mm. playful all at the same time. Mm. Yeah, I think think that's a big takeaway for me is actually that idea almost of the, the sliders. Mm. That you can't just be one or the other. Yes. 
motivational to, have... motivational stars by Michael Apter. Tell, tell me more. No, that that's the theory. Oh, okay. The and, sliders. Okay, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go and Wikipedia it. But even just like that. that idea expanded, you just have having. It's mm. almost like balance. You need to have. You can't go too far. Just beyond those four sliders. Well, it just doesn't it's like everything almost. Like I can't just be playful all the time. I can't just be serious all the time. They they complement each other. Well, you can well, be yeah, playful can, all the time. Is that? But is it going to? <laughs> is that? Is that serve your? Correct. Does it serve you? Does it serve you? Yeah. And does it and, serve the world? Well, yeah. Does it serve you to start with, yeah. and then does it serve the world? Yes. No. Maybe that's your choice. Mm-hmm. You know. And and oh look. With the sliders, you can take it on a, you know, like, on almost like a wave fashion with several waves at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you obviously spent a large amount of time in serious academia, so you're going to want to spend a large amount but, of time in But hilariously, I was told that I wasn't enough of a serious academic, that I needed to be more oh, serious. I don't want that like a badge <laughs> of honour. Well, that, see, that was the thing where I didn't listen. <laughs> but I, I have a contrary way. <laughs> I didn't like listen that. to that, yeah. and I'm really glad I didn't because... It was like, well, don't waste your time doing like a TEDx talk because that's not what serious academics do. Um, but it's very hard to be an academic these days. Mm. Um, I think I think it's like fifty percent of all teaching is done by like sessionalists, of like three month, like very. Um, yeah. What's the What's the word? Um, not pre- is it precarious? It's not precarious work. It's um, there is insecure work. Is is yes. people think that being an academic or being a professor is like a great job, but it's like. It's like a lawyer now. It's you can't lawyers now. It's very hard to be actually go to get to the bar because a lot of the low level stuff is being automated. And yes. So like these traditional careers, yeah, are, are no longer. Yeah. You know the things like your parents want you to have them, but they're not. Yeah, they're a not good, f- a good choice anymore. Yeah. And so, if I had been a serious academic, which is just putting my head down and writing p- papers and mm. doing research and not actually um, connecting that to, I mean, maybe this is a bit of a throwing some shade on academia, but um, not actually connecting it to real world stuff, which is what Generally the reason the why I was not being serious is because I wanted to have that real world connection. Yep. If I had done that, I would probably be very miserable and underemployed or having insecure work. And yeah. so I was able to say, well, I'm going to pivot now and go do this instead because I'd been doing the, un- the, the non- I was being the not serious academic by doing all of these things that allowed me to mm. say, I'm going to go and do games and play now as a full-time thing. Yeah. And I'm really glad that I did. There you go. <laughs> so that's the thing about me trusting myself Ooh. as well about going, okay, if I'd listened to the advice of the mentors there, I would not be in a good place. And so that makes me have that questioning of where do I integrate? Where do I really trust myself and integrate? Mm. And I think from this conversation, it's, balancing like what is the purpose of it so maybe i still do the podcast even though it's maybe not necessarily the most business smart thing to do maybe it is but that's not the point of it Mm. and i feel that it's very important to do and so i'm going to do it and who knows what's going to happen down the road like who knows i didn't start being a game designer because i wanted to do that as a job i did it because i loved it yeah so it's the same feeling i have is that i love i love doing the podcast and so who knows what's going to happen so there you go yeah and it's the balancing of listening to external experts and my own internal expertise 100 (laughs) you create a vehicle (laughs) for expand yeah accelerated expansion so Mm -hmm. yeah and it's 
one of the lovely things about what you were saying there is, you know, academics were telling me that serious academia does this. Yeah. You know, let's go back to what I was talking about earlier on. You know, I had a model of excellence handed to me, which worked in the school, in a yeah. boarding school environment, but didn't work outside. Yeah. And so what have I had to do since? I define my yeah. model of excellence. And um, one of the biggest themes of that comes out of WA Real is taking responsibility for yourself, for mm. your labels, for your mm. identity, mm. for your beliefs, for your health, for your business and production, for your relationships, for your connections. Take responsibility. You can take 100% responsibility for all of it. Mm. You know, and you know, people go, oh, yeah, well, you can take responsibility for quite a bit and then there's some you can't. Well, you know... Go and check out my episode on quantum physics. I think you'll find you can take responsibility what for episode, even more. What episode number that is that? Precedes you. Uh, I think it was in the thirties um, with Doctor Pro, uh, Professor Igor Bray. Lovely, lovely man. The only podcast guest who's cried uh, during, which is lovely um, in a nice way. Um, <laughs> not because I was poking his buttons. Um, but yeah, but going back to it, it's taking responsibility for you defining what you want it to be. Mm. You know, so your business, what have you got your business coach on board to do? Help you with your business, mm. right? But that, remember, that's one part of your life. Mm. Yeah. You define yeah. that. Or you can let other people define it, like the serious academics and this, that and the other. Yeah. And yeah, see how it works for you. Yeah. And that's, you know, that that's abdication the... of responsibility. Everybody's at it all the time. <laughs> you know, see what happens. You've know, yeah. got the guys from Bayswater yeah. who I, I interviewed. They thought somebody had got the future of Bayswater in, in their hands. You know, surely somebody in the council would be thinking about it. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, you know, people who've gone to the healthcare system, surely they're going to look after me. No. And, you know, it, it, it just keeps turning up, this theme of surely these structures around me are looking after me. Yeah, they're there to lean on, but they're not yeah. there to look after you. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that, that abdication of doing what other people think I should do versus what I strongly feel I should do. Yeah. That's the thing that makes me, I realize that's the feeling of me going, I don't want to do it anymore. If that's what I have to do, I'm not going to do it. I think that's what it was. The yes. podcast is, I don't, well, if that's what I have to do, then I'm not interested. There you go. So. Unstuck. Unstuck. <laughs> High five. High five. Unstuck. Excellent. My work is done. Um, <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. There we go. That's good. Thanks, Bryn. You're do, very welcome, Kate. Do you, do you want to tell us, do a little plug for WA Real? Oh, look, I think I've done plenty <laughs> in here. So if um, people want to listen to it, just... Just, oh, yeah. Right. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, the whole things every Monday morning. Um, different and interesting conversations with people here in Western Australia. Um, you know, we have a high density of truly fucking amazing people here. And I just keep finding them and finding them and finding them. You know, you can, you can spend your whole life looking on Instagram and Facebook at people around the world who are doing amazing stuff. And it's great to be inspired, but you know, if you want to take that inspiration into a real conversation and find people who are doing stuff, then just look around. Mm. And here in WA, we're blessed with loads of people. You know, it's the oldest form of learning, going and talking mm. to the people and asking them about their experience. Because, you know, textbooks are great, mm. but experience far out does it. Mm. 
Mm. And success leaves clues. So go and listen to how they did it, not just mm. what they did. Because if you listen to what they did, you'll be overawed and you'll never do it. Mm. But if you break it down, you'll find that everyone goes through a human journey. And so that's what, you know, I dive into. Mm. So hit it up. And like I said, stay for a few. If you like them, stay. If you don't, go and find another one. Please don't go back to the mainstream media. <laughs> I agree. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. Podcast to where it's at. There you go. Cool. cool. Thanks, friend. And that's a wrap for this episode of Fearlessly Playful. I'm Kate Rainscoldy. If you want to get in touch just to say hi or maybe tell me about how you're using play in your work and life, you can send me an email, kate at katerainsgoldie.com. You can find me on Twitter at Ocean Park or find me through the Fearlessly Playful website, fearlesslyplayful.com. Fearlessly Playful is recorded in beautiful Western Australia and the music is by Brian Fairbanks of Daisy Ale Sound.